This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Q&A edition of Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1335. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino, and just like last week, actually, uh, we have another follow-up question sent in by a listener who has reached out in the past. It's definitely something worth mentioning today because there's a lot of tie-in to her first episode, so I highly recommend listening to episode 1140 and refreshing yourself a bit before proceeding with this one. It'll just provide more context, and it'll make it an easier experience for you. So that's my suggestion. Take it if you will. And now let's hear how our asker is doing eight or so months later as we optimize your life. I was in a three-year on-again, off-again relationship, which was simultaneously fun and excruciating. We'd have fun together, then we would fight or hurt each other, or I would realize that we're incompatible. We would break up, I would miss him and crave intimacy, we would get back together, and the cycle would return every two to three months. It's been almost a year since we broke that pattern by cutting off contact. In many ways, I feel more independent and confident than I was when I was in a relationship with him. Since sending in my first question, I've gotten better at accepting that life sucks sometimes, being patient, and acknowledging the positives in my life, though making friends and having people to talk to has been tough. These all help me be independent and enjoy my life without my ex-partner, but I still miss him a lot, and when I'm having a harder day or week, I think about him and how I wish he was still in my life. I don't feel things as intensely as when I was in a relationship with him, but I still feel negative feelings. Plus, I feel loyal to him, and I can't imagine trying to have an intimate relationship with anyone else. It's weird because I don't really think I miss him. Maybe I just miss the passion, the excitement of the highs and lows. Is it normal to feel that way? What can I do to heal? Okay, Asker, thanks so much for following up on this one. You know, it's funny. I want to say that I'm glad that you're at least feeling better in those ways that you mentioned, and I am. But I hesitate to just say that casually and then move on. You see, there are two things I want to explore today, and the first one has to do with this very idea of you making some improvements and celebrating those improvements. So, is it wonderful that you are accepting the tougher parts of life and becoming more patient and feeling more gratitude in general? Of course it is. But, you also make reference to still feeling negative feelings and looking for him when things are hard and wondering if all of this is normal. So first of all, it's entirely normal. I'll just get that out of the way quickly. And it's especially normal in the aftermath of your first serious relationship. And I think what I'm getting at is that 
I just wonder what your relationship to the idea of recovery or feeling better looks like. I worry about praising your improvements too much because I want you to know that it's also fine to still be feeling some pain. I worry that because this was your first relationship and you haven't experienced the many intricacies of breaking up with someone important to you, that you might be shaming yourself for not being completely over this guy. And I also wonder if there's a link between that and your instinct to think about him during those rough days and weeks that you have. So all this to say that I wonder how you're treating yourself and what that self-talk is like. It's been eight more months and you aren't in the clear yet. Is there resistance to that? Do you feel you've somehow failed because he's still in your mind? And if so, could that agitation be made worse by the fact that you are an independent person who doesn't cuddle up to just anybody? Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of an identity crisis there for someone who is seemingly so unreliant on relationships still being hung up on an ex. I'm definitely going down the rabbit hole for you now, so a lot of that is probably speculative, but maybe playing with these thoughts will help you come to some conclusions about your relationship with others, your relationship with yourself, and how you cope with pain in both of those relationships. And the relationship aspect is actually the other thing I wanted to touch upon. For all the bad boys and girls who did not listen to episode 1140, you mentioned that relationships don't come easily to you and that you're often scared of men or not interested. And then in our email exchange, you said that you need to be the one pursued. You also alluded to the fact that it's hard to be too vulnerable with friends and family because they have their own problems to deal with and eventually tune out. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of this either, even though it might seem a little scary when it's all packaged together like that. But I really think it's worth your time to continue investigating this in therapy. You told me you go sometimes, but getting into a rhythm with a trusted therapist, asking them to help you explore any potential attachment trauma or attachment distress, um, which is basically like a fear of getting stuck in a relationship with someone and then associating intimacy with that worry or feeling of entrapment. And one thing that I hope you can get more comfortable with, if you're not already, is taking up space. So relationships may be odd or few and far between, but that doesn't mean that you don't need to feel as though you matter. And you mattered in that relationship. In those good times, you felt nurtured and protected. And if that's the only time you've gotten a dose of that, and here you are now feeling a bit guilty or uneasy about opening up completely to friends and family and going to therapy just sparingly and needing to be the one to have someone come after you rather than the other way around, yeah, I just I just find myself wondering if there could be something here about you not feeling you're worthy of asking for what you want or worthy of receiving that care from someone who doesn't like first blatantly make it known that they want to offer it to you. Perhaps taking some chances when it comes to cultivating intimacy like that and inevitably finding out that there are people aside from just your ex who want to provide it to you could bring a sense of transformation for you. Now, this too feels like I'm maybe reaching a bit, and I promise I'm not psychoanalyzing you because no one is qualified to do that in an advice column, but I just think there are so many potential avenues to explore, particularly surrounding that aversion to relationships uh, that, that could give you insight into better understanding your reaction to this breakup. 
And look, you know, that extensive self-work, it, it can be super helpful, obviously, but also remember that simple things, there are simple things that are probably contributing right now. Like, of course, it's easier to miss people when times are tough. And, you know, if you're still living in the same place, working on a lot of the same things and seeing a lot of the same people, of course, those exterior factors just come with more reminders of your partner because they were there through all of that, making it feel more like one of those times apart rather than the relationship officially being over because your attention isn't being demanded by anything new and your life doesn't look you know, a whole lot different. And that's all okay too. It doesn't mean anything needs to change. It doesn't mean you're doomed and it doesn't mean that you're somehow doing this wrong. When it comes to managing breakup recovery for the first time or any time, There is learning about your unique reaction to it through a resource like therapy, and there's also learning about those common factors that make it harder on anyone. Okay, my friends, Asker, I really hope this helped you today. There was some inevitable reaching on my part, uh, but I just want to reiterate the fact that this is all... This is all to help give you thinking points rather than to diagnose you. And when we're working on solving any type of problem, relationship or not, it can be helpful to start thinking about like really big outlandish solutions and possibilities and then dialing them back more and more into normalcy. It's not to say that anything I said today was completely out of this world or inapplicable, but sometimes going down those paths of maybe I'm this, maybe I'm that can actually help us to see ourselves in new lights and lead us back again into more conservative conclusions. Food for thought. I hope you listeners enjoyed as well. If you've got questions of your own, you know you can send them into advice at oldpodcast.com for a helping hand. Anything and everything is welcome. But aside from that, I wish you a great rest of your day, and I hope to see you again tomorrow for another episode and where your optimal life awaits.